Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. This is the Happy Scientist Podcast. Each episode is designed to make you more focused, more productive, and more satisfied in the lab. You can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist. Your hosts are Kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm Vera Claritas, and Dr. Nick Oswald, PhD, bioscientist, and founder of Bitesize Bio. Hello and welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist, you are in the right place. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com, where we provide bioscience researchers with help for improving their technical skills, soft skills and their well-being. And in this podcast, we will be focusing on the latter of these three areas. With me, actually the driving force of this podcast is Kenneth Vogt. I have worked with Ken for over seven years now, with him as my business mentor and colleague, and I knew that his expertise could help a lot of researchers, and that is why we decided to start this, pro- this podcast together. In these sessions, you'll hear mostly from Ken on principles that will help shape you for a happier and more successful career. And along the way, I will pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. So let's bring in the man himself. How are you today, Ken? I'm doing great, Nick. Happy to be here in our third session on how to discover and wield your charisma factors. And you've probably noticed we've put a lot of effort into talking you into believing that charisma matters and that it is possible for you. So many people think that, oh, charisma is something that movie stars and politicians have, but you know, I'm just a lowly bioscientist and, and it's just not true. It's just not true. You have charisma factors. And more importantly, you need charisma. It isn't something you can do without. And the reason you need charisma is because charisma is how you encourage other people to help you to carry out whatever your mission is. And we're all engaged in work now that can't be done alone. We can't just be working in our own little bubble and actually accomplish anything important or meaningful. We, we need the, the help of other people. We need the support of other people. We need the guidance of other people. And charisma works in, in all directions. It, it works for people that will follow you, but it also works with your, the people that you are following, the, your, your bosses and your leaders. You can actually exert charisma on them to get them to help you. And, and imagine, when, when you use your charisma to get the assistance or support or help from somebody who is in a position of, of a power or authority or where they, they themselves have a great deal of charisma and therefore are drawing a lot of resources, it can really multiply things for you and, and really take things to a new level for you. So I hope I've made the case for why charisma is worth the effort. <laughs> so. 
the next question then is, well, is there anything I can do about it? You know, how can I, how can I have charisma? And uh, charisma is something that I think people often think of as, uh, you know, it's something kind of narrow that, 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 that only applies in a certain way and, and it requires a certain kind of personality, but that's not true. Every personality has strengths and weaknesses and every kind of personality can have charisma. And you think, well, I'm quiet or I'm, I don't, I'm not a, a big time communicator. It's okay, you can make that work. So last, the last episode, we talked about the first three charisma factors. And remember there, we're pointing to six charisma factors here, six things you can actually remember that you can take with you and, and that you can apply. The first three that we talked about last time were being admirable, that is being respectable, reputable, or honorable. Now that is definitely something that a scientist can be. In, in many cases, we think about respectability or, repu or reputation, that's a very big deal in this field. And so, you know, you might not look at that and think about that in reference to a rock star. You don't think about uh, reputation unless maybe it's a bad reputation. <laughs> you know? But but in, in this field, reputation really is important and people will follow you and they will help you and they because they want to get on your side. If you're somebody with a good reputation, then they believe that it's something that will rub off on them if they can get next to you. So the first factor that we talked about last week was being admirable. And that is someone who is respectable, reputable, or honorable. And this is definitely something that a scientist can do. Um, it, sometimes when you think of something like a rock star, you don't think of them as being reputable unless you're thinking about them as having a bad reputation. Um, but a scientist, it really matters. And people will want to be associated with you if you have a good reputation. That helps you. So. If you have this, if you already have developed this, this quality, it's charisma. You might not have thought of it as charisma, but it will help you to, to draw people forward. The second one we talked about last week was being commanding. And that is somebody who's authoritative or masterful or assertive. If this is a characteristic that you possess, um, then absolutely, you can use this now this then this is one of those ones that i would say is more of a classical one if people had to come up with an automatic definition for charisma they would say oh somebody who takes charge like this will matter but again it's something you can use and especially if you're in a position where you you have authority and you have responsibility well use it use that to to, to your best advantage and, and when i say advantage i don't mean like in terms of taking advantage, like you're misusing people, but make it advantageous. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with making use of the things that are available to you. The third one we talked about the last episode was being communicative. And that is somebody who's expressive, uninhibited, and candid. And again, this is how we deal with people. It's by communication. And you may look at this and say, you know what, that's not a strong one for me. I don't love that. Or maybe um, you're working in a, in a world where English is not is your second language and English is the language of the lab and so you feel like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not as good at this so I have to hold back a bit. Like, you can reach out more and the more you 
make an effort, the more you try, the more you communicate, the, the more charismatic you can be. So now there are three more characteristics that we haven't discussed yet. So we're gonna dig into those in a little more detail here. And, and I, wanna, I wanna remind everybody that with all of these factors, there's some things that we need to bring to the table. And it applies to any one of these factors. And that is presence, power, and warmth. If, if you bring presence, power, and warmth, and then you apply it to any of these factors, you're gonna find people will gravitate to you. They will come along with you. And this is about something that you should use for good. <laughs> All of these things, you could use them to manipulate people. But instead of, instead of taking that path, I would, I would suggest that you take the path of being persuasive to people. It's more powerful. At some point, people get annoyed at being manipulated, but no one ever gets annoyed at being persuaded. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Ken. And um, you talked earlier about the classical view of, of charisma and that being you know, someone who's masterful or, or commanding. And it's often associated with manipulation or um, you know, being a kind of a bad thing. And so that kind of, you know, that one narrow definition of charisma and the um, uh, the one narrow definition and then the sort of association with it being abused is kind of makes charisma seem like a bad thing in a way I think for mm -hmm. a lot of people and and as well as you mentioned something that that people people might not think they have so but I think that what I like about this this scheme that you set out of these different characteristics is that it not only broadens the um, you know the the options the toolbox you have for asserting your charisma or or projecting your charisma if you like it gives you it gives you kind of a an idea of what you can then you know turn up the volume on and I guess that's what you're talking about when you mean bringing when you're talking about bringing warmth and presence in you're kind of mm -hmm. turning up the volume on these ones that um, you know the, initially the ones that feel closest to you but you can uh, you know in the end you can turn up the volume on all of them to some extent and bring in increasing warmth and uh, increasing charisma, again, to, to give it the, the umbrella term um, for yourself and, and just be more influential in, uh, in whatever way you can, you know, that you naturally are more influential, if you see what I mean, right. which suits you most. So, you know, the, the bottom line is we are not telling you to sell out your own values. In fact, we're telling you quite the opposite. Apply your values here. And, and it's like, you know, if you look back at that, like that first one of being admirable, well, somebody who's admirable, it's because of their, their high values. It's because they have a high standard. So there's nothing about this that should cause you to see, well, here's how, here's I, how I will control people. And here's how I will connive. And here's how I will you know, underhandedly get what I want and, uh, at the, you know, at a great cost to others. No, none of that. And, you know, the caution is still there that yes, you could do that. You could absolutely do that, but you will do it to your own detriment. So, you know, don't do it. <laughs> so you'll, you'll notice too that uh, these, these factors, I've been going through them in a very important order. Uh, it's alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you know the, you can't raise one above another it's, it, and it comes down to what works for you because some of these you're going to hear them and go yeah you know i'm i'm young and and i've i'm brash and i haven't really developed being admirable yet in, in my career well that's fine but maybe communicative is the one for you maybe you're like yeah i gotta I, I'm always talking and I've, I've always got something to say and I've, I'm constantly coming up with new ideas. I'm like, okay, great. You know, then, then use those, use that factor. And it is, isn't it also true, Ken, though, that it's not just like, it's not just a thing that, you, that applies to your professional conduct or status. If you, if you are working with someone who shows, ad, shows admirable characters in another way just by being reliable or, or being kind or... Um, or anything else, that you're more likely to gravitate towards them. You're more likely to want to help them or, or want to work with them or, or whatever. As opposed to the opposite, where there's someone who's showing, who's not being admirable at all, and you, they kind of tend to repulse you a little bit. You know, not repulse you physically, but repel you a little bit. You tend to take a step back. So um, I think that, yeah, it's important to not get fixated on the fact that these, about this being professional, it can be, you can bring in these characteristics from any aspect of, of uh, your, your life and conduct. Sure. And, and you could look at this in reverse too. If you're being the opposite of any of these things, you're going to repel people. So even if you feel like, look, I'm not, I'm not God's gift to communication. If you're somebody that's like, man, this person, you can't even talk to them. That's going to push people away. So, you know, don't be anti any of these characteristics. Even if you feel like, you know what, I can't excel at that thing, make sure that you are not setting the example for how not to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so the, so the next one, the, the, the number four on our list, is being faithful. That is somebody who's steadfast, trustworthy, and dedicated. And you don't have to be... Um, somebody with high status to be this. When you're that guy that, you know what, when we give it to Bob, it gets done. We can count on Bob, you know, and whether that's just, you know, cleaning test tubes, you know, they know it's gonna get done, it's gonna get done right. Well, that is, that is not a hard quality to develop. That is just a matter of, of doing your job and doing it properly. And, and not cutting corners and and you'd be surprised how much how much juice you can get out of that now some of you this is very very natural for you it's like yeah I've never cut corners I want to do things right well great if you've got that you can leverage that into charisma and you know it's not a matter of you don't have to necessarily run around tooting your horn about it because it'll be obvious if you're somebody that gets the job done and gets it done properly it's going to get noticed. Um, and if you're in a place where nobody cares about that stuff, and nobody notices that, you know, that's a different discussion. Maybe you need to find a better place to be. But <laughs> um, generally speaking, we're living in a professional realm where this kind of thing does matter and people will care about it. And even if everybody doesn't care about it, some people are going to care about it. And often they're people that matter. So, um, you know, take Take advantage of this in a positive sense if this is what your natural characteristic is. So the next one on the list, and this is this one I think is a really good one for scientists, 
And that is someone who is innovative, someone who's inventive, imaginary, visionary. Now I realize that a lot of the tasks that, that have been set before you have been soul sucking. <laughs> you got into this thinking that you were going to cure cancer and you were gonna invent the next light bulb or whatever it was you, you had a picture in your head and then you found, wow, I am doing the same boring, repetitive tasks time after time. I'm not getting to choose what I do. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities to innovate. And Nick, I want to kind of throw that one at you and I'm going uh, uh, to put you on the spot here. What do you do in a situation where you find you're, you're not getting a chance to innovate? So what, what, what have you found that works in the lab? For me, I was, uh, that's one of my um, strong points is innovation. And it's almost like I have to do it. So even when I was, I was in one lab and it was very, um, it was very uh, narrow. I had a very narrow range of movement, if you like, very narrow uh, opportunity to innovate in terms of the research I was doing. <laughs> I would, I did all sorts of innovation around making the lab work better, making my, um, you know, making my note taking system better. Uh, making little, you know, I was doing repetitive um, experiments, and I, I, I made innovated the, you know, made innovations around the the protocol and made little bits of equipment that made it more, um, e made it easier to to do these repetitive things over and over again. So for me, it, it just always happens, and um, even if it's only a tiny thing, I I I, I kind of just can't leave things alone, but. Again, that's for me just because that's one of my main things. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say there's never an opportunity to not in, in it. There's never not an, uh, not an opportunity to in, innovate, if that's the correct way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I kind of feel that uh, feel that way myself. I, my, my background, my personal background is software development. So innovation in software development, there, there's all kinds of opportunities. And it is my understanding that for many of you scientists, you're actually doing a little software development in there too. So, um, yeah. So you you find your you find your opportunities. So that I think was one of the points you were making, Nick. That maybe you can't control. Hey, this is how the study is structured, and there's nothing I can do. And these are the tasks I've been assigned, and there's nothing I can do about that. But all around it, there's still plenty of opportunity. And even if it's something as basic as, hey, how I'm going to take my notes on this. Um, you know, there's whole products that have been developed around note taking. It's exactly. crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing, though, is, is, is the opportunities for innovation and then, you know, ultimately taking that out to a product or whatever are, there, there are way more than you think. And, you know, just those small, as you said, something as, as simple as, devising a new way to, to keep your lab notebook. I used to do things where I would make uh, form template forms and print them out so that I didn't have to do the same free, you know, freehand uh, writing every time for the same repetitive experiment. And that saved me a lot of time. But then, as you say, that can be, that can be a business, you know, or it's the seed of a business. Yeah, and there are all sorts of things like that out there, not just the, the headline, um, the headline sort of, uh, things that you might think are, are, the, are the only way to, to innovate. My brain isn't really switched on today, so I don't know what's happening with my English, but uh, I think you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. Well, and you know, not everything is going to turn into a business and maybe that's not really what you want. True. It's yeah, like, yeah. hey, look, I want to, I, I just, I just want to be a scientist in the lab. I don't want to start a new company. But uh, something that comes to mind here that applies pretty well uh, in this situation is there have literally been thousands of scientists who have figured something out, figured out a system, learned something about it and said, you know what? I'm going to write an article about this and I'm going to, and I'm going to offer it to Bite Size Bio. <laughs> and so many, many, many of you who have that innovative streak have decided I'm going to, I'm going to share this with the world. And that's part of what people have done here. But, you know, and it's a, it's a way of getting something published too, which is also useful in your field and way of getting your name known and being able to say, hey, you know, I've, I've got six articles on Bite Size Bio or I've, I've written for this place and this place, this place and Bite Size Bio. It's, that's part of being innovative and that, that is part of what you gotta do to move your career forward and to enjoy your career. So it's like, hey, it's not just I gotta do the grind in the lab. I want to talk about it. I want to share the things I've learned and, and I want to make it easier for the next person and the person that comes behind me. Definitely. I, I think that um, if you look through Bite Size, for example, there's all sorts of innovations and in all sorts of different slices. Some of the most obvious being homemade uh, pieces of equipment, homemade cell spinners, homemade uh, boxes for food. Uh, taking photographs of gels and all sorts of stuff like that. It's some of my favorite because it's very obvious, but even little innovations in protocols or troubleshooting or or different systems for you know doing anything that, that um, a scientist does. That's all innovation. And um, and you know as I mentioned, I was trying to get what I was trying to get earlier about you know making businesses out of that is only that that's the ultimate incarnation of an improvement. But what you're doing with innovation is you're just improving things for yourself and for everyone around. And that's, a, I guess that's why that is, um, it's, a, it's a way to be charismatic, essentially, because it's just making improvements. Yeah, now for some of you that this innovation is gonna be truly groundbreaking. But others you may look at this and say, you know what, I just don't have that kind of creativity. But don't sell yourself short. There are articles on Bite Size Bio that are as simple as how to do a Western blot. You know, and you're like, why would, why, well, I could, I could write an article about that. Well, by all means do, because you know what? Somebody doesn't know how. It's, it, you, you think, you've forgotten that you've gained competence you weren't born with, <laughs> you know, so. And the fact that you take the time to detail it, and it, it would be so, I mean, you know, you get a protocol, there are protocols that tell you how to, to do a Western blot and you'll find them everywhere. What we are talking about is taking the time to figure out all the little bits and pieces that you have, um, get little bit, get tricks and things that you've gained over by experience and incorporating, incorporating those into some sort of article that people can um, 
and then digest all of those things that you have, that you've micro innovations, if you like, that you've made for yourself. That's one of the things that we're um, we're looking at when we come to, when we get these articles, because obviously a Western blot is a kind of standard protocol, but there are all sorts of little tweaks and variations on it, and that's what we're trying to capture here. Right. So we got one more charisma factor that I want to draw attention to, and this is one that people think of as the standard charisma. Being passionate, that is somebody who's intensive and ardent and fervent. If that's a quality you possess, by all means share it with people. It's magnetic. It, it's infectious. People, people will gravitate to it. So if you're passionate about what you're doing, share that. And, and as we know, you can be passionate about the most generic things, things that others might think are boring. And have you ever been in a situation where somebody tells you that they're excited about something that, that your knee-jerk reaction was just boring? You actually go, you're excited about that? Wait a minute, tell me about that. How, how are you excited about that? <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting, you know, and, and sometimes we find ourselves like, wow, I never thought to be excited about that, but it kind of is, you know. So you can you can bring that kind of energy to to a situation, and people will come along. And we've now the other thing about this, we've all been on the receiving end of charisma. You've all seen this in your life and realized I followed that person, I went along with them. What? How did they get that power over me? Well, this is how. And, and if they were and if they were a good and decent person, it wasn't to take advantage of you. It was just like they just caught you they caught you up in the river that they were flowing down uh, and, and you came with them. And so the, you know that's that's what this can do for you. you. You will find people that don't even want to come along coming along with you and helping you and giving you advantages that that you might not have been able to create on your own where you were going to you were going to need help and without that help you couldn't have got it done well this is how you'll get it done so go ahead nick no no i was i'm just agreeing with you <laughs> okay <laughs> listen to that i brought him along <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing more to add <laughs> so just to to run down the list again being admirable being commanding being communicative, being faithful, being innovative, being passionate. Now I know you can listen to that list and you can pick out one, two, three that yes, I can do that. I or I'm already doing that. Well, great, do that. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, Ken. Is that there will be one of those that you're already doing, and then. It's important to know that you don't actually have to change anything other than realize that that's what you're doing and that's why anyone who is attracted to you in a you know who wants to, in, a, in a that they that they feel an affinity with you that's one of the reasons why they feel that you know that quality is that that would be accurate yeah definitely yeah and so so you're already doing that it's just realizing that that's there and then it's much easier to when you realize that you have one that you're already doing. It's easy. That's a good place to start to just start turning up the volume a bit on that. Okay, so how do I be more admirable uh, in terms of, you know, I'm already being admirable. I can see that. How can I turn that up a little bit more? Just just one percent, and um, 
that's starting to move you in the right direction. And also being aware of when you're doing that, when you're being displaying that prop, that um, admirability, how that being aware of how that is affecting people, and then that just builds your confidence that you can do this. And then you can go on to the next, um, the, the one that's next closest to you that you're already doing maybe a little bit, maybe that's being communicative, and um, and then you can start to do the same there. Just turn that up a little bit, be aware of how that's uh, exp- that's um, uh, bring drawing people towards you. For me, the uh, one when I realised being passionate was one of my um, my main charisma strengths. That was really amazing because it's like, well, that's really easy for me to do, and I didn't realise that that influenced people. And and then and then I could start seeing, wow, okay, actually, when I really am getting into something that I'm, I really care about, that you can you can feel people coming towards you, uh, you know, when you're talking to them about it or or whatever. And I think that that is. Um, that that for me gave me the because I I started off this thinking yeah charisma that's not I I don't have the flashy teeth uh, you know the kind of the pop star thing and um, or or film star thing and uh, and and when I realized when I got the idea of that that displaying passion was a way to do it I was like ah that that really opened it up for me and. Uh, and then you can make it scientific. <laughs> you can look at the whole list and try and figure out ways that you can increase all of these to uh, even by a little bit, and you'll start seeing, uh, feel more self-confidence and more affinity and more connection with people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So one of the things you were talking about there, the, just the overall principle, is just get present to your your natural charisma. The stuff that you're doing by accident, stop doing it accidentally. Start doing it on purpose. Start being here and now, recognizing that, hey, this is the time to do this. This is the time to be passionate. This is the time to be innovative. You know, the, and, and make sure you take positive advantage of those situations at that time. Now, there's some stuff that is just that just to help you get yourself in the right space. One of the things that you've got to do in these situations where you're dealing with other people, especially if, if you feel like that's not um, a strength for you, is get physically comfortable. So if you're, if you're in an environment where you're not physically comfortable, you're gonna have a hard time uh, exhibiting your charisma. So just make sure you're comfortable. And, and you know, that could, be, that could be simple things. It may be that, hey, have a comfortable chair to sit in. Wear the right shoes. <laughs> You know, uh, be in an environment where it's not too hot or too cold or too humid or too dry. You know, uh, pay attention to your environment because that's going to constantly be distracting. So, if you've created a, an environment that's comfortable and safe, and uh, you know allows, you know, maybe it's not too noisy or, or uh, you know, or you know, it doesn't it doesn't have distracting factors in it, that will help you. One of the worst distracting factors that we have in our lives are all these devices we use. You know, these. if you really need to connect with somebody to get them to come along, get your phone on silent. Get it, get it on vibrate at least. Or turn it off if you can. This, this, the, there's nothing that hurts your connection with somebody worse than when your phone rings and you go, oh, excuse me, I need to take this. The message is, and you're not important. This is, you know, <laughs> um, 
And even if you don't take the call, if they can hear it ringing there, sometimes they get nervous. They, they start feeling like, oh, is that important? Maybe it's something they should take that, you know, that's more important than dealing with me. We want people to feel important. It's, it's, it's one of the ways that, that, that charisma can be effectively wielded is by making them feel important, you know? And, and whether they're important because, you know, they're the, your boss and therefore are important with a capital I, or they're important in that you're treating them as a peer, you're treating them as somebody who's worthy of attention. You know, that, that's, that's part of, of, of this process. And, you know, being, being faithful is a good example of that. A faithful person will, will not denigrate anyone. Everyone is worthy of their attention. So whatever you got to create in that environment. Uh, something as simple as looking people in the eye when you talk to them. Someone who won't look you in the eye, ultimately that makes you nervous. You don't know if you can trust them. And, and you have to establish trust. You know, that's again, part of being faithful if you want to have, if you want to be charismatic. That's an interesting point for, um, you know, when you're doing presentations as a scientist or as anyone, but, uh, you know, that's an important part of being a scientist. And to establish credibility, the very easiest thing to do is just to start making eye contact with people in the room because you've we've all been to presentations where the presenter is not making eye contact and it doesn't matter how good their work is, you just lose they just lose a bit of personal credibility. Or a, yeah, a you feel disconnected per- from them. Yeah, and a bit of yeah, a bit of personal affinity, and that that it's it's a huge multiplier on on how effective people will, um, how effectively people will take up what it is you're presenting. So, you know, small steps can give big returns in that regard. Yeah, indeed. Uh, another thing too that, and this is interesting. Uh, y'all may not know this. But Nick and I are not even on the same continent right now. <laughs> so we're, it's not like we're sitting in the studio together and we can look at each other and interact with each other. But I've found as I'm sitting here and he's saying certain things, I'm nodding along. Um, and that's something you should do when you're in physical presence with people. Give them signals that you're hearing them, that you're listening, that you're paying attention to them. And, and that could just, you know, that could be with the, something as simple as a nod or or uh, you know, just a a look of, of in, you know of intensity, like oh, you know, like that was an important point. So where you really heard it, be be physically demonstrative of your of your connection with people, and and they will feel it. Another thing you can do is ask them clarifying questions. So when you're engaged with somebody, if you start asking them questions to like, hey, I want to understand better what you're saying to me here. That builds people up. They really feel a connection with you and they feel like you really care about what they have to say. And so, you know, when I say clarifying questions, I don't mean interrogation like, you know, why, why would you think that was accurate? You know, that's not a clarifying question. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a, that's a derogatory question, but it's like, oh, so you got that result. How did you get there? What what did you have to do to set that up? You know, okay, now you're you're saying to them, I I think what you're saying is important and I want to understand it better. And so that that helps to establish establish charisma with somebody. And then one other thing I will add is don't fidget. 
If you're, if you're looking like I'm uncomfortable, I wanna get out of here, I wanna get away from you, I've got more important things to do, stop it. <laughs> and, and there's no magical answer. Well, how do I stop fidgeting? The answer is stop it. Have some self-control. <laughs> and if you're like, you really don't wanna be engaged with somebody, that, that's something to act, you really need to look at. If you're in a situation where you feel like you need to have some charisma with somebody, and yet you don't want to engage with them, well, you need to take a couple steps back and figure out what am I doing here? What is this about? Do I really care about bringing this person along and having this person help me or do I not? Because if you don't, well then stop, stop trying to do a halfway job of being charismatic in front of them and just don't. <laughs> but, but you know, pick, pick a side. <laughs> So, I think that will that will wrap up what we have to say about charisma for today. Unless you have something else you want to add, Nick. I just I would just say that this is you know another again we're wrapping up another great tool that Ken has um, put together over years of experience and observation. Again, it's not a tool that is uh, it's not that it's an absolute truth. It's a tool, and you can see how that works for you. And it's, it gives you some controls that you can try out for yourself, some knobs that you can try and turn and see if you can turn up the volume on various things and, and see what effects you get. And again, the whole theme of this thing is that we are giving you tools that you can then experiment on yourself with. Be scientific. It will take some effort. It's not, this is, you know, the, the, there's a lot of um, self-help type stuff out there and the sort, of, um, the sort of message is if you just buy this book, then you will, um, and read the book, then this will change your life. And it doesn't work like that. What you need to do is understand these tools that we're, that we're giving you here um, and, uh, and use them and practice them on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, you know, again, this is, this is um, just one in the series of, of great tools that Ken has put together. Um, so we will be diving deeper into how to use these tools and different experiences with them. And we'll be doing that in the, uh, the Happy Scientist Facebook page, which you can join at uh, facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist, all one word. Please go there and join us. And, uh, and if you think this, uh, this stuff will be a, is of use to you, and we'll be, you know, we'll be looking at it from all sorts of different angles in there. But yeah, thanks again, Ken, for a, you know, for sharing this insight again, as the whole basis of this, of this podcast is that this is something I've found personally very useful, all, you know, the, the, the things that you're coming out with here. Uh, and so we want to share it with the, the scientific community in general. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on, on uh, what you think. And one other yes, last Especially question. your experiences with it. It's not mm. just what you think about it, but... What have of you experienced course. with it? Including yeah. experiences with like, hey, this isn't working for me. I would yeah. really love to hear about that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and we can help you with that too. Yeah. And um, one other piece of housekeeping is that for, uh, for this episode on Charisma Factors, we will have, we have a graphic that outlines all of the Charisma Factors and the sub-qualities of each factor and um, gives you a little bit more of something that you can, a template that you can use to kind of um, figure this out for yourself 
and that will, that is available on uh, this podcast episode page, which is episode nine, which you can find at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist. And uh, if you go into the show notes, it will be in there. Excellent. So I think we'll wrap up there. Uh, thanks again, Ken, for another great episode. All right. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye now. Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.